Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what? What are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This hour, however, we are going to put the spotlight and focus on futsal. Now, a lot of us have heard the word futsal. It's very big these days in schools. They even have it at the Ames Games for intermediate kids. Uh, big at high school level. And you go, futsal, what is futsal? Well, look, in layman's terms, it's FIFA's version of indoor soccer. Now, the pure futsal um, player, if you're a pure futsal fan, will not like will not like hearing me say that. They'll think that somehow I'm bastardising their game because they think it is completely different and it's its own sport in its own right. And in a way it is. There's a lot in futsal that reminds me of water polo. Uh, the substituting, the rolling over of the players on the court reminds me a lot of ice hockey. And then there's also a lot of similarities with basketball as well. Marvin Eakins, who is the Futsal Whites men's coach, is my guest in studio. He also was successful over the weekend coaching the Papakura women's team to the 2022 Ford Futsal Super League Championship. If you've got a question for Marvin, 0800-150811 is the number. Marvin, good evening. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm good to be on and I'm looking forward to talking some futsal. Yeah. Now, look, um, how are your fingernails? Because that final on Sunday uh, was played between your women's team, Papakura, East Coast Bays. It ended up one all. We went to then five minutes of or 10 minutes of extra time, and then we went to the penalty shootout. You ended up winning that 5-4 on penalties, but it could have quite easily gone the other way. So how are the nerves? Are you just maybe a little bit adrenaline fatigued today? Yeah, it was a great game, and I guess one of those ones where either team could have won, if I I can say that. Uh, I'm glad we did, that's for sure, as I do think we were the better team. Um, But, yeah, that was tough to watch, especially towards the end there, because it felt like they could have pinched a goal at any moment, and we just weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, happy to get the win in, in penalties, but, yeah, you got to feel for the other team. Mm, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about futsal here in New Zealand. Uh, how long has the game, I guess, um, officially been in place in terms of having some structure around it, having clubs, having competitions, having a pathway, I guess, for youngsters? Uh, I guess to go right back, um, East City Futsal, here, uh, based out of ASB Stadium at the time, um, and Kaimama in Auckland were the first futsal club in the 80s um, and they were the only one and it wasn't until sort of 2010 when New Zealand football uh, took over the I guess the structure and the direction of futsal in the country um, and since then it's kind of grown leaps and bounds. Yeah yeah, because futsal its origins originally come out of South America uh, countries like Brazil and Brazil have been primarily the sort of the uh, dominant force on the men's side anyway and then FIFA 
took it over and said, hey, look, we want this to be a hybrid version of football. We want this to be our indoor, indoor version of the game. Uh, how many? How much of a crossover is there still in New Zealand between those that play football and those that play futsal? Uh, so we, we kind of estimate that there's around 90% of futsal players are football players, either current or were previously. Um, and that trend isn't probably going to change, I don't think, in, in the near future anyway. How different, though, is the skill set? So, uh, I want to ask you this then. Let's say we're Brazil, and I'd imagine in Brazil, like everybody, they all start playing football, but I'd imagine at a, yacht, a lot younger age over there with the depth of players that they probably start specialising in one or the other. And if you are to specialise in futsal, what are the skills that make you a good futsal player that perhaps don't necessarily make you a good football player or vice versa? I think you'll find, and I might be a bit biased here, that every skill you develop in futsal um, helps your football game. And because that's just decision-making in, in, in small spaces, being able to be creative, get out of tight spots, passing and moving, um, attacking and defending, all really good habits, I think, that everyone would agree for any football uh, player. So I think... There's not much detrimental, um, and others might have different opinions to that because we do things like shoot with uh, with the toe, um, and I know many uh, football coaches will be shuddering uh, hearing that if they saw that out on the football field. But not all football players make great futsal players because of what you've just said, the close quarter nature of the game, the passing, the dribbling, the ability to go one-on-one and beat a player. Yeah, there's a lot of um, players that should have played futsal when they were younger that would have helped their football, but... We get this perception that if you if you can do a step over it and this and that, you might be pretty good at futsal. But what we actually want is the smart players, the ones that can make those quick decisions um, in those tight areas. And then if they've got the ability to do that 1v1 stuff, then yeah, that's a huge, huge leg up. Because futsal, it is very much one-two touch, isn't it? Yeah, it's all passing and movement. Passing and movement, and then you've got to build, bide your time for when you think you've got uh, a mismatch maybe uh, or the opportunity to kind of take advantage of um, your skill set, which might be just speed. Uh, or the one-two around a player. Yeah, and it's a sexy sport too because I always remember, I, I years ago was the sports marketing manager at Nike and it was at that time when they brought out Nike were really just getting into football and they wanted to have an attacking, you know, their brand was one of attack, it was one of innovation, so they pretty much sponsored the Brazilian team. We had this wonderful adverts come out with the Brazilians juggling and flicking the ball on their back heel over their head and passing it. You know, very cool, very dynamic. Uh, you can understand why teenagers loved it. And you're thinking, yeah, that's great, but you're never going to do that in an actual football game. But you do see it to a degree in futsal, and that's what's cool about it. It encourages that innovation. Yeah, and I guess you could talk, I think uh, Ronaldinho would have been in those ads if I'm remembering correctly. Um, And he was one that certainly had a lot of flair if you get stuck in a YouTube cycle of watching what he used to do on a football field. Um, And then he played a lot of futsal when he was younger. And I guess he... He just loved the game. So he was creative, and he I guess he was brave enough to do that on the world stage with yeah. uh, millions watching him as well. Yeah, I've got a young son who plays for um, West Coast Rangers at the moment, and he's just getting into his soccer. But I've got to say, after the weekend and being out there at Bruce Pullman Arena and being lucky enough to watch the Super League, you know, it was pretty obvious to me that if he wants to be a good footballer, he needs to have futsal somewhere alongside of it because I think it does develop just stunning skill set that I'm not sure that you're always going to have access to on a football field because of the size of the football field. Yeah, and just the way it's designed. So I guess the, the ball's going to, uh, I don't think we've mentioned, but the ball's slightly heavier 
than a football, uh, which then means it's going to spend more time on the ground and you get to do your actions more. So if you get to do more dribbles, more passing, uh, more shooting, then that's only going to help improve you in any sense of the word. Okay, let's just for people out there maybe tuning in for the first time, we've sort of chatted a little bit about futsal here in New Zealand. I'll get you to just talk about the size of the futsal court because it is a court. Um, it is played indoors and then just the number of players on each side and just some of the basic rules uh, that make up futsal. So what we would find for, for kids or just the community game, the social players, um, is that a netball court is kind of the perfect size for what we're looking for. Um, and that's because it's, it's 5v5 and that's in, including a goalkeeper um, on each team. Uh, for what, uh, Mark, you would have seen on the weekend, that was a full size um, international standard and that's working off a 40 by 20 metre court. So 40 metres long, 20 metres across. Correct. And what's the width of the goal? They're not big, are they? No, so they're three metres wide. Like a, they're almost like a hockey goal. Yeah, three three metres wide, two metres high. And I think yeah. you do see people using hockey goals yeah. out there as futsal yeah. goals as well. No offside? No offsides. And I think the, the basics of the game are very similar. You're kicking a round ball into a goal. And I think people just have to remember that. Uh, but what you find is that all the rules are designed just to speed the game up and make it simple. Yeah, and if the ball goes out of play... The clock stops, which is part of that basketball, I, I guess the synergy or the comparison with basketball. So 20 minutes each way uh, at the highest level or at, at a senior level anyway, uh, but those games can actually end up lasting 80 to 90 minutes because the clock has stopped every time it does go out. Yeah, and I think they made it a bit of a challenge for some scheduling um, and trying to plan um, how you're going to get these games on time. But, but it's great because there's no time wasting, is there? You can't run the clock down. They've got timers, timekeepers who will get the play back underway. No throw-ins, you have kick-ins. That's correct. So the ball goes out over the, over the touchline, and what you'll find is that you've got four seconds um, to just put the ball on the line and, and play it in. Yeah, and the other thing that I liked is, because, boy, it can be physical at times, and I was amazed by the athleticism and the, the way players just throw themselves around on these courts and what they'll do in terms of sliding in to try and prevent a goal from being scored. Um but, you know, there are some fouls in it. It can be a little gladiatorial at times. But each team is allowed five fouls and a half. And once you go beyond five, the next foul, the team that you have fouled, get to take the ball to a 10-metre penalty spot and have a shot each time. That's right. And I think that just kind of helps um, protect some of the, the creative play so you can't be too cynical in what you're doing defensively and re rewards the attacking team. Yeah, because there is a bit of cynical play at times. I, I saw um, over the weekend when you know it looked like a guy was you know a guy or a girl was going to go one on one with the keeper and brought down quite heavily. Um, but the referees will also issue the red cards if it's too cynical or too heavy, yellow cards as well. But they do get that foul, and if you rack up a number of fouls early on, uh, it gives your the, the opposing side really that opportunity to start going one on one with your player because you're going to be hesitant about challenging them. Yeah, that's right. It changes the game tactically and it can be a bit of a, a coach killer if you're giving away um, the, the soft fouls. I think we talked about this before. So you kind of want to make sure if you are fouling um, or looking to be strong in a challenge, that might be a foul, that you're, you're kind of doing it at the right times. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting watching the coaches um, in the timeouts, one timeout each coach per half of a minute. But you bring out the little whiteboards, no different than what you see with a basketball coach. There's a lot of diagrams going on. There's a lot of strategizing. How much strategy is there for a coach in futsal when you've only got four court players plus the goalkeeper? So in those timeouts, what you're generally seeing is that they're called for a reason. 
So one of them might be to, to kill momentum. You might have conceded two quick goals and you want to disrupt what they're doing. But sometimes it might be an opportunity for a free kick or a set piece that you've practised and you just want to get the players across what their roles are within that. Yep. And let's talk about set piece because set piece can be even from the kick in, set piece can be from corners, set piece can be from fouls. Now I'm told that 30% of goals scored on a futsal court come from set piece. So there must be a lot of work put into that, a lot of imagination and creativity. Yeah, it's a good option. It's a fun part of coaching, actually, and for the players as well, because players see a, uh, have a bit of freedom to decide sometimes um, what they want to do for set pieces. Um, and I guess with the element of being able to use deception, whether you're screening players or doing different types of runs, um, it's quite fun to find different solutions to really disrupt how they're defending. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you just mentioned um, channels. Yeah, you've mentioned. Um, you know, the, the, you've almost sort of, uh, you've got lanes. You know, there's a lot of basketball terminology here. It's all about shutting down space. It's all about using space. Um, but you've also got traditional football terms like press defence or zone-type defence as well. Yeah, look, it's, um, I think basketball would claim a lot of those. Um, I don't know who had mm. it first, but, yeah, teams will be in – We'll use a lot of these terms. There'll be zonal defence, man-on-man defence, there'll be um, pressing defence, like you said, or uh, maybe in football it'll be um, I'm kind of setting up a block, a deep block. Um, you don't see that too much uh, these days in, in futsal because a deep block is very, very deep and, and close to the goal. Mm. The goalkeepers, I mean, when you look at sports like field hockey and particularly in ice hockey, they're almost your number one signing, having a good keeper. How important is it in futsal? I was so blown away by some of the goalkeepers that I did see over the weekend. Yeah, goalkeepers can win or lose you a game. Um, we kind of, it's almost uh, more noticeable in futsal because they're just so involved because you can shoot from 20 metres, 15, 10 metres all the time. So if you don't have a strong goalkeeper who can stop the ball going in, that makes it really hard. But if you've got a goalkeeper that also can distribute the ball, almost like a quarterback, they can actually set up goals. Yeah, and they distribute no kicking from the goalkeeper so th- along the ground, clearly, but they're not allowed to drop kick the ball or punt it down the field, but they generally throw it out. They generally throw it out, um, and only from open play can they use their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvin Eakins, who is the men's national futsal coach, is my guest in studio. He's also the successful coach of the championship winning Papakura women's team. If you've got a question, you've got a text, feel free. 0800 150 811 is the number. 0800 150 811 is the number. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. The spotlight and focus on the sport of futsal this hour here on SENZ. Marvin Eakins, who is just simply known as Mr. Futsal. He is the national men's coach. Futsal, well, it comes under Football New Zealand. It's administered and governed by FIFA. It's basically indoor football, but it has its own set of rules, a slightly different ball. But if you've got a young son or daughter who's wanting to make football a career or a pathway, you need to be playing futsal. You need to play this game. It will make you the complete footballer. And you never know. You might just stick with futsal. Uh, Marvin, we were talking during the break. One of the great things about futsal is that you can play this anywhere. You can play it pretty much in any indoor hall, uh, gymnasium, school hall, classroom without the desk. But you can even play it outside, as you mentioned, on a netball court. And that is one of the appeals. Yeah, look, and that's the idea, right? You just need a ball. 
you need some mates and you're playing on any surface. And I think that's when you mentioned Brazil earlier, that's kind of the street football that they've kind of got there. They've got the structured futsal as well for the kids, but they're just using the available spaces. Yeah, but, but what the other thing that I haven't mentioned too is, yes, it develops this incredible skill set of short passing, one touch, two touch. It encourages you to dribble, encourages you to try and find a way of beating a player one-on-one at key times. But in futsal, at times you're the fix-it or you're basically the centre defender. Other times you're the pivot or basically you're the striker, if we can use football terms, or you're forced to play out wide on the flanks or on the wings. Sometimes you're in the middle acting almost as that centre midfielder. So the sport makes you become very good defensively orientated but also very good attacking orientated but also in that distribution role as well which again it's got to enhance you as a footballer yeah I'm a big believer if I talk to a football coach I think that the number one thing that'll help them off the bat would be the how it helps them defend so if you've got some lazy attacking players um, and you want to have a more um, lead from the front type of defence, then in futsal you have to defend because otherwise you're leaving your mates and your team with, with an overload and they'll let you know soon if they're defending your player if your player's um, tapping the ball in at the far post. Well, it's a big criticism of Cristiano Ronaldo now. He's just not doing the yards on the football field, is he? At 38 years of age, he's not running, he's not chasing, he's not always getting back, he's sort of sitting up front. You just can't do that in yeah. futsal. You just cannot. You'll let your teammates down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't see that as often now in, in many football teams, right? They're all working hard uh, from the top. So I think futsal forces that because I guess as you come up through the grades, it means in my teams, if you're not tracking back and defending, you'll be sitting on the bench. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about the substitutions because the other thing about it, everybody gets on the court. but And so like ice hockey, you've got, you can pretty much, how many players are you allowed in the squad? So you can have 14 players. 14. And so you've got five on the court, goalkeeper and four field players. And you can pull all four off at once and replace them with another set of four players. You can pull one off at a time, two off at a time, and you can do that pretty much as often as you want. Yeah, it's you can have a real impact, I guess, as a coach because you are influencing with these substitutions. It's an opportunity to change things tactically. Um, and that, that kind of leads into, I guess, the, the ice hockey reference um, previously around you're literally changing lineups. You might have a more attacking lineup, you might have a more defensive lineup, um, you might have a different shape, um, or you might be just looking for a plan B or a plan C, and you need to, to get the big fella up there um, to do some damage. Yeah, so you mentioned putting the big fella up. That's the other thing I noticed too, and I think that's the appeal, is it's a game for all sizes. You don't just have to be, you know, sort of fragile with a lot of agility some of the best players over the weekend were big big men strong looking women who had a physical presence about them I was surprised by their athleticism and then clearly you had those sort of smaller body types who you know could maybe just pivot a little bit quicker but it's a sport that encourages all different body types yeah and I I think there's so much contact in the game because of the smaller area so you have to be able to protect the ball and and a good way to protect the ball. One of the ways is just being quite strong. How much work is done on teaching players to be able to kick strongly with both the left and right foot? Because it's an opportunist type game and from what I noticed you've got to be pretty good on both. Probably not enough um, because shooting is such a key element in the game like you said and if you can have a defender second guessing uh, whether you're going to shoot with your right or your left then it's an absolute nightmare. And I think those players that can do that um, almost from a standing start they're very hard to play against. Okay. Let's talk about the setup of futsal in this country. Can you just be a futsal player? Are there clubs 
and uh, they step it to football clubs where you can just go along and go, I want my son, my daughter or me personally just to play futsal. So there's a, a few different uh, ways that you can enter the game um, around the country and it all varies, uh, I guess, where you're based. So some of the, the bigger areas, so um, Wellington or, or Dunedin, a lot of the time you're playing for your school. So that's your, your entry, entry point. And, and uh, so what age is up set when you say school, high school, intermediate school? Uh, from primary school as well. And I think it generally starts um, from sort of nine years old. You're, you're in the competition uh, phase, but you can start playing younger uh, more in a program environment. So Papakura, the, the club I was coaching for, they offer futsal for four to eight-year-olds as part of their football program. So generally futsal aligns itself with a football club. Uh, that's some of the models that are used. Otherwise, it's directly through the federations. So the federations being capital football, they might administer it directly. So um, they might have a futsal league where they've hired out gymnasiums, hired out netball courts or indoor sports facilities, and they'll run a league and they'll run trainings, and it is futsal specific. That's correct. Uh, whereas other federations might only facilitate the leagues, and there might be actual futsal specific academies within the area that may or may not be connected to schools and clubs as well. Mm, okay, and then I'm starting to see it having a more and more of a presence in the big schools. I see it a lot more. I came through Manabit Grammar School, which is a very good footballing school historically, very good sports school, but futsal seems to be an option there. And I regularly read the school newsletters that do come out and they talk about the futsal program. So, yeah, Mags is a good example. They um, had a lot of success when they had a sort of a golden era of the, um, the woman players. I think they won the secondary schools nationals five years on the trot. So your high school, really good pathway. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an easy entry level yeah. um, and schools are pretty organised in that space. So what's the aspiration here in New Zealand? If, if you're wanting to be, if you're wanting to sort of reach the top of futsal in this country, how does that look? Is it is it senior club every week? Uh, clearly opportunity to represent your country, but what what's what at the moment is sort of the pinnacle at a national level? Um, Outside of clearly representing New Zealand, I mean. Yeah, so the best opportunities is that we have a few um, representative tournaments. Um, you mentioned Ames Games for the intermediate age group, uh, but it's more once we get into the sort of the, the secondary schools nationals, very competitive tournament with a lot of a lot of passion, obviously, that comes through in the school space. We also have sort of the uh, National Youth Futsal Championships coming up in December, and that's more of a, a representative team from regions, um, yep. although up in the northern region, uh, we've gone down the club route and that's why you're starting to see the East Coast Bays or the Auckland cities getting involved. How many clubs are there in the Auckland region at the moment? Uh, playing futsal, uh, you saw all three of them. So there's yep. East Coast Bays, Auckland City, Papakura, um, and then there's some clubs dipping in and out of it but not having teams as such. So, uh, you, so can I read into that that maybe one of the challenges at the moment is getting kids that have played futsal at that junior level at high school continuing on? Yeah, and I think that that's always a challenge. Or is that more because some of these other clubs just aren't organised enough to offer a senior programme beyond school? Yeah, so the, the senior programme's a tough one, right? There's a real drop-off. What we're lucky is that the university space is also an opportunity for Brilliant. players to get yep. involved in. And so the University of Auckland, um, AUT, they're big supporters of futsal. Yeah, it's interesting that because, you know, generally when you, th you know, you think of university and collegiate sports, huge in America, very, very serious. But over here, it's 
Yeah, university sport's never really been taken that seriously. It's sort of more about, I think, probably the aftermatch function as much as anything. But interesting going behind the scenes and reading some of the bios, just how big and how serious futsal is at a university level. It is one of the few sports I would suggest that is taken very seriously with a, a real element of professionalism around it. Yeah, the universities um, that do well put a lot of resource into it, whether it's human and financial, um, and they put in some really good training programs as well. And what you'll find is most of the coaches in that space are either national yeah. team coaches or, or pretty experienced yeah. coaches. From an administration point of view, you've got New Zealand football sitting above, basically with the governance of futsal. Then you've got the different regions within the country. You're tied up with the northern region. How much communication, how much cohesion between the regions and New Zealand football in terms of a one-team, one-dream approach, everybody on the same page, this is where we want to take it, we're all in agreement. Uh, we've had some really good leadership from New Zealand football in the futsal space uh, since 2010, yeah. and that's really, I guess, created a bit of a, a community, I guess the, the little the little cousin that is futsal amongst football, and, and generally you get a good community of people that are all in it for the right reasons. So there is a lot of collaboration across the country um, and with uh, New Zealand football's help as well. Uh, that's as the game grows more and more and more, that's obviously going to be harder to maintain. Now, once you've established yourself at senior club level and you're starting to pour in at a regional level and making these particular regional rep teams or the top club sides that do exist and you've got things like the Ford Futsal Super League we saw over the weekend, beyond that, there is national representation. There are national honours. We've got the Futsal Ferns for the women and we've got the Futsal Whites for the men. Correct. Um, and in between that, I guess we've got the university national teams as well, which has the World Uni Games, which is kind of an, an unofficial sort of under-23 world, world event. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And the guys and girls are separate. Correct. Yep. So I imagine coming up through the junior grades and stuff, there's probably a bit of a guys and girls mix at times. Yeah, very similar to, to football. It's probably not until you get into the uh, once you're 13 kind of onwards it separates, but I guess in a social level, there's lots of um, mixed futsal. It is 7.30, listening to SENZ. Uh, we are putting the spotlight and focus on futsal. Uh, in layman's terms, it's FIFA's version of indoor football. To those that play futsal, it's futsal. It's its own sport, and do not bastardise it. Do not call us footballers. And they're entitled to that when you go back and look at the origins of it. But hey, here in New Zealand, it is a sport developing. Both sports coexist. Both sports can benefit each other. Marvin Eakins, the men's national coach, is my guest in studio. Feel free to text us any questions on double eight double three. You can phone the program on 0800 150 This hour, we are putting the spotlight and focus on futsal. In layman's terms, it's basically indoor football, but it has its own set of rules. It has its own ball. It's a very cool sport. If you've got Kids who um, want to develop their just general football skills, I do encourage them to play some futsal. I think there is a greater benefit from playing futsal and carrying those skills into football. I'm not sure that just because you're a good football player, that's necessarily going to equate to you becoming a world-class futsal player. I think it's more the other way around. Um, but really easy entry, uh, really cool game. Uh, pretty much play it anywhere. We've got Marvin Eakins in studio, who is the men's national coach. Um, Marvin, let's talk about the football whites and the football ferns. What 
is the goal for the men's team. There's no Women's World Cup, which we'll get to shortly, but there is a Men's World Cup. Where are we? Where do we sit internationally? What sort of chance have we got at some point of getting a team to the World Cup? And what are those pinnacle events that is ultimately the holy grail or the vision for people like yourself and those heavily invested in the sport? Yeah, so rankings terms, we're currently the highest we've ever been, which is 55th uh, in the world. Uh, we The qualification process actually for... For the Futsal World Cup is, I guess, relatively easier than, than the football qualification in that we just have to qualify uh, through the Oceania region. The challenge with that is that the Oceania region is actually pretty good at, at futsal. So we've got the Solomon Islands who have gone on to every World Cup since Australia left uh, the Confederation. Uh, and they've gone. They've not just gone, but they've also won games at the World Cup to kind of give a bit of context around how good they are. Um, and then we also have the Tahitis, the, the New Caledonias, and more recently I think Fiji is going to be one of the, the teams to beat also. But under your leadership, we recently won the OFC Championship and we beat the Solomon Islands, I think it was 6-2. Yeah, we, we had a great tournament. We've got, a, we've got a new crop of players that don't have any baggage on their shoulders from previous campaigns. Um, they're young, exciting, talented, and I think the, the challenge for a team like the Solomon Islands is that they've kind of... Uh, they've aged out or they're, they're getting older, some of the, the golden generation that they've had. Uh, don't get me wrong, they've got some extremely talented youngsters. So when is the next qualifying period for the Futsal Whites? Uh, so the, the bid is currently in and New Zealand wants to host it and we're, it'll be in October next year. Um, so for us, that kind of preparation looks like we would want some, like every sport, we want some more internationals and we're, we're hoping for some in, in July. And when are the world next world championships of futsal? Are they every four years, every two years? Uh, every four years, and the next one's in 2024. Um, and uh, currently there isn't actually a, a country that's hosting it yet. I think the bid process for that doesn't start till next year. And how many teams qualify for the World Cup? Uh, so there's there's 24 teams that qualify for that. So back in Spain, 1982, there was 24, and then eventually moved up to 32 teams. And I, what I think FIFA with the football are looking at 48, aren't they, going forward? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, certainly interesting to see how that will yeah. unfold. And just running through previous world champions, uh, Brazil, clearly a powerhouse of one predominantly, a lot of them, along with Spain. But the current holders are Portugal. So we've seen a little bit of a shift in the landscape. Yeah, Portugal are doing some great things across um, all their age groups. They're a, a country, I referenced the university uh, world champs earlier, um, and their head coach looks after that program as well, so they see it as part of their um, pathway. Mm, okay, um, but no Women's World Cup, why is that? Uh, FIFA hasn't had a, a Women's World Cup uh, for futsal. Because I was blown away by the talent I saw over the weekend, Wow. Yeah, and I, and I to be to be honest, I think that's criminal. Uh, it's absolutely needs, criminal. Yeah, there needs to be a women's World Cup. I think there needs to be one. I think it could run alongside the men's World Cup, and the fact that they don't have a a World Cup or a host country in place for the men suggests that you can turn around a tournament pretty quickly. Mm. So yeah, FIFA need to to help the grow uh, the game grow and help countries get behind it by having the pinnacle event. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely mind-boggling that there's no uh, Women's World Cup in place. Uh, Marvin Eakins, my guest in studio, uh, men's coach for the National Men's Futsal side, 0800 150 811 is the number. If you do want to phone the programme, you can text us here on 8833. Uh, is there a professional side to the sport? Can players make a living? Where are those leagues and I understand we do have a New Zealander at the moment playing what second division in Italy. Yes, so professional leagues um, exist all around um, Europe and, and most of the key centres you can think, Italy, Spain, 
Portugal, uh, and quite a lot in the in the Middle East, uh, where there's a lot of money in, in that part of the world. Obviously, South America, Brazil is, is pretty historic in there, but the other countries as well. And Asia is really starting to have a, a few countries, such as Indonesia, Malaysia, they're all starting to, to pop up with these professional leagues. Uh, we are fortunate to have... Uh, well, not fortunately, he's worked bloody hard to get there. Uh, Hamish Gray, who's our first um, professional player, and yeah, he's he's put in a lot of um, work and mahi in the background to to get himself first of all get himself over there and impress and get signed by an Italian club. So there is a pathway though through to professionalism. So you can end up playing at a pretty high level here. Hopefully, end up making your national team. But hey, send yourself a video, send yourself your CV, get some references and put yourself out there and before you know it, you can end up making a living playing the sport. I think that at least half of the, the current men's team should be looking to do that and I think the the 15 to 19-year-olds beneath that should all be having a, having a, keeping a close yeah. eye on how Hamish is going. Is it a sport at university level in the States at the moment? Is there scholarships available? There's only one university that that offers um, scholarships, but they just do that off their own back. There isn't a, a league. It's got to come though, surely. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I think that'll be a bit of a game changer as well if we if people can see a pathway through the the American system. Mm. What do they call you, Mister Futsal? How did you get involved? Uh, so I first started playing just socially um, at the East City Futsal Club um, a few years ago. I've always been a football player. That's that's been me, um, and I probably played. Uh, and a couple of regional events and then got picked up for the the national team um, in 2008 as a player and that was back when you paid for everything uh, and it's come come a bit further then um, and fortunately I just I, I kept going I was okay and um, managed to represent my country over 50 times um, and then found myself I guess in a position of sort of being coerced into the, the coaching side of the game um, and I guess I haven't looked back since. Mm-hmm. You must have a bit of a natural feel for it. And where do you draw inspiration from? Where do you get your ideas and your understanding and your continued evolution as a coach? It's really hard to to grow as a futsal coach uh, in New Zealand. Um, as we mentioned, all the countries that are professional, most of them aren't actually English-speaking. Um, so everything you try and research or understand is either in Portuguese or Spanish, um, and you kind of have to... Almost, it would be a benefit if I knew a bit more of those languages to help my help my understanding. But I'm fortunate that my assistant coach, um, he's Brazilian, Enrico, um, and he does a lot of translating uh, for me. We need it, and he's also got a lot of knowledge that he he's more than happy to pass on. Is there a European style? Is there a South American style? Is there a New Zealand style? Uh, there is. I feel like there is a, a variety of of styles. South American is I I would describe similar as you would picture the countries. Argentina is very robust, aggressive, um, they'll do what it takes to win. Brazil is, as you can imagine, Brazil, and they're very nice to watch um, and very exciting. Uh, some of the European countries, especially the Eastern European countries, are very organised, um, and that's kind of how we sort of, uh, or what we have decided we're similar to, is kind of the the, the Slovakias, the, the Russias, um, some of the countries in that part of the world, because we're not quite as technical as the Brazilians. We're not as technical mm. as the Spanish or the Portuguese, um, but we can certainly mm. be organised when we go into that international game. Now, someone has just texted, and we've just mentioned that Portugal are the current world champions, but who historically is the best futsal team and who uh, maybe who's the best player in the world or who are some of the most famous futsal players, I guess? So, who's the Palais of futsal? Uh, so the, I guess the Palais of futsal would be um, Falcao, 
um, a oh, familiar name for those. 1982, Falcao. <laughs> Not quite. No? Uh, so he's he's only just retired, I guess, in the last year, and, and he's, I guess he's really pushed the game. He's he's a showboat. Yeah. Uh, and he's done a lot of stuff, and he's willing to do it in games, and he's been kind of the guy that will get flown around the world, pick up a paycheck to do a few events. Brilliant. Uh, Good on him. Every sport needs it. Yeah, that's right. And, he, and he's all about growing the game as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, Okay, and in terms of the support from Football New Zealand, do they have a clear vision? Are they with you? Are they wanting to grow the sport? Yeah, so overall, um, New Zealand football is obviously all over trying to get people playing. Um, and football, I guess, has kind of hit where it, in my opinion, has hit where it is. There'll be a little bit of growth maybe here or there. But I think futsal will help just get new people kicking around ball. Um, and New Zealand football are putting a lot of resource. It's in the strategy. Well, you don't have to worry about the weather conditions, do you? Most of it's played indoors. Yeah, a few parents enjoy that, um, coming in and having a coffee, and they just I'll tell you to what, enjoy. it's bloody hot in the middle of the court, though, man. Those players are just drowning in it, but it allows them to create that little, uh, they have that almost natural lube, don't they, so they can slide across the floor in defence a lot easier. Yeah, there's some, certainly some players are a bit shinier than others, and they're kind of well-known well um, around, the, around the competitions. Marvin Eakins, the national men's coach for the sport of futsal, is my guest in studio. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more if you've got any questions. Double eight double three. You can phone the program at 0800 150 Putting the spotlight and focus on the sport of futsal. If you're not sure what futsal is, it's basically, in layman's terms, indoor soccer. Four players on court, one player in goal. A lot of similarities between basketball, water polo and ice hockey. It's uh Really just a wonderful footballing hybrid of all of those with a lot of just general football skills as well. Marvin Eakins, the men's national coach, Mr Futsal himself, is my guest in studio. Not everybody uh, always wants to play. Some people get involved in the officiating. It was interesting to see over the weekend that a number of the officials have actually refereed at the highest level in the sport and um, endorsed by FIFA. Yeah, so Chris and Anthony had both been to the World Cup, um, just gone in, in Lithuania. Um, and they've yeah they've done a great job for the region, and I think they've seen a Chris actually used to be a futsal goalkeeper, but he chose to go down the refereeing pathway. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he saw more opportunities to I guess represent at the high yeah. level, like you said. So if people are listening to this and they want to get into the officiating side of it, is there a pathway there? Is there, how do they learn to become a futsal referee? So there's there's um, an easy entry into it. There's a lot of introduction courses, and I, I think the good thing about futsal is that it's just blowing up, and every game needs a referee. So and every referee referee gets actually a little bit of pocket money to to do that. And there's plenty of assistance there. And the higher you go, there's people uh, evaluating you and encouraging you and helping you along. That's right. And I think it can always be done better. But I think there mm. there is good support, especially in, in the smaller futsal community. Yeah. And now you are known as Mr. Futsal. You're an outstanding coach. What about coaching depth? What are the pathways for those that want to? You know, if we all generally get involved in coaching almost in an ad hoc level. You're the father and someone needs to do it. But those that then find they've got a little bit of a feel for it, what sort of pathways are in place for coaches and how much depth do we have? So again, you can go through the New Zealand football pathway, the junior courses, youth courses, and then there's a, an advanced course, um, the C licence. Um, but as far as who you can coach is always the interesting part. So the school spaces or high school spaces are a really good um, way to, to get yourself involved. Uh, then you kind of want to be, if you want to kick on, you want to be coaching in the youth talent space, you want to be coaching for university teams and you kind of want to be coaching it in the Super League level. Yeah. And it encourages different styles and different visions for the way you want the game to be played, doesn't it? I mean, I guess you come in as a coach and you might follow a sort of a standard template in terms of the way you set it up. But if you see something and you think, oh, I think we could play better playing this way, that's encouraged, isn't it? 
Look, it's the one game I think where you can actually make a real difference in the game. Um, you're not making, I think, in football, and uh, you kind of make a sub in the 60th minute. You might uh, make another sub in the 75th, and then you put the young fella on for the last couple of minutes in the 90th minute and let them run around. In futsal, you constantly have to be engaged because any moment you can make an impact, whether that's a timeout, whether that's how you do the substitutions, whether that's you just yelling out over the top because it's so small and everyone can hear. Mm. See, I'm blown away when I go to... Um when I go to West Coast Rangers or it used to be Northwest where we are out at Murdoch, the number of young girls that are playing football on a Saturday and the number of girls teams that are coming out, have we seen the explosion now coming in futsal as well? We've got more and more girls wanting to play the sport? Yeah, it's, it's really, in the in the youth space in particular, um, there are a lot of girls um, playing futsal. Funnily enough, in, in Auckland, we have more youth girls playing futsal than youth boys, which is, I think, a really unique situation. Yeah, brilliant. And again, we need the coaches, we need the referees, we need the officials to keep up with the pace of the growth of the sport. What about facilities? You've got access to enough facilities. I know sports like water polo struggle with it, swimming struggle with the lack of facilities. What about futsal? Uh, around the country, we're doing okay. I think it's more so in the, the Auckland region uh, where we don't really have, we're, we're battling with the other indoor sports, uh, basketball and the like. Um, and we're kind of the, the new kids on the blocks. So we, we didn't have that original um, access. So yeah, facilities is hard. Um, but we're getting there. And what about social leagues, uh, like social seven-a-side soccer, touch leagues go on and rugby? Is there starting to be some social futsal leagues? There's probably more social leagues than there is the, the talent leagues, and, and that's because um, it's just so easy to join in. You just need four mates, and you, and you can make a team, and you can sign up yeah. generally most nights of the week. Okay, people listening to this, go away. Um, we could, we'll put this out on social media. We'll put this up as a podcast. We'll send you guys a copy of it. But if people do want to now go down a path, Where's the best way? Where, where can they go to right now online? What's the best website? Uh, you'd either go to the New Zealand Football website or whichever region you're in, go to the Northern Football, Capital Football, Mainland Football, wherever you are in the country, they'll have all the futsal details for you. Just Google it. Yeah, and I do, is it a winter or summer sport? Uh, so it's treated as a summer sport, but you can play all year round. Okay, and do we play it all year round here? Yes, we, yeah, do. we do. Okay. So I and look, genuinely, I, I was a little bit ignorant of the sport until I sort of got a call up to do some commentary work for it. Thoroughly enjoyed the experience over the last couple of weekends. Much greater appreciation of it. I genuinely say this: play futsal, you'll become a better football player, without a doubt. Great pathways. Play it anywhere. Group of mates, as mentioned, get involved in the officiating, get involved in the refereeing of it. Do Google it. Do check out New Zealand football and follow the directions. We want to see you out on a futsal court. Marvin Eakins, it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure, my good man. Thank you, Mark. There you go.